Good morning, Mosaic. It is so, so good to see you. Um, isn't it great to be together this morning? Wow, this just this feels really good to be together. Some of that might be because my family and I were away on a little vacation. Um, five years ago, wow, how things change over a five-year time period. Uh, some of you know this, but about six years ago... Um, my wife and I, and therefore our whole family, we were going through a lot of hurt. Uh, some close people that we were working with in ministry, um, just some things kind of fell apart. And uh, we felt like there were kind of some things being said about us that we didn't know about until like a year later. You know how uncomfortable that is? And uh, you had no idea these things were being said. And then like a year later, you find out about it. And you're like, really? I'm, I'm just finding out about this now after all of this stuff had happened. And this was after like 15 years of pouring ourselves out, um, pastoring at a, some different ministry contexts. And at that point, um, I had resigned from a church that I was serving at. And... We were at a place where we said, never again. We're done. And the hurt and the pain was so intense. Uh, And I remember when we had resigned, there was almost this sense of, I'm not even going to step back into a church again. And I know my wife was there too. But there was this one friend I had, and I trusted him. I trusted him. And he was kind of pastoring a new work and... So we kind of got connected over there for a little bit, but it was really, really hard. Um, and then eventually we, we started getting connected with a few friends, and we started stepping back into just kind of some living room, dining room, over-the-table kind of church stuff, stepping out in our neighborhood, just saying, what's going on in the neighborhood? You know, maybe how is the church um, that kind of shows itself in more institutional ways. How is it missing the mark and just connecting with the neighborhood? And God slowly began to kind of bring us back to life. And here's the really cool thing. I can say this, is that now five years later, uh, we were leaving Michigan last week, and we started to head back to Nebraska. And it was our first time heading back to Nebraska because um, this was our first vacation since moving here in December. And I couldn't wait My wife couldn't wait. We couldn't wait to get back here and see all of you. Um, Yeah, right? Because there's just this sense that God is always doing new things. God is always just like spreading his work, his renewal, his rescue, his salvation that he's bringing. And, And we've experienced that over the last number of years. And I love it that I can step back into a church family and say, man, I love these people. Like, these are great people. Um, so thanks, Mosaic. It's, it's good to be back. And uh, there's this guy, this British guy, Leslie Newbegin is his name. And he was asking the right questions well before we started asking the right questions here over the last decade about what does it mean to be a church in kind of a post-Christendom kind of world, you know, where the church is no longer the, the central fabric of society. Um, Leslie Newbigin started asking these questions long ago. Um, British guy, a theologian and missiologist, 
and uh, I think we'll have it up here on the screen. He, he wrote this in one of his works. He said, none of us, none of us can be made whole till we are made whole together. And, and I love the, the sense that is just captured in that phrase of, um, we're all in this together, um, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and it's also a painful thing, you know, because like to, to really kind of like unite yourself with a community, it asks things of you. It will demand things of you. I know even when we were going through the hurt that we were experiencing, um, I had to own the fact that I'm not outside of this community that I'm a part of. Like, I don't, I don't have the opportunity just to be on the outside of it and point my finger at it and say everything that's wrong with it. I had to humble myself and say, it's not my right to stand out here and point the finger, but I'm, I'm actually a part of it too. Like, there's moments where I bring hurt. There's moments where, where I bring some pain to people or maybe some misunderstanding, and I have to own this. Um, but in this beautiful community, this thing called church, where we actually keep showing up in each other's lives week after week to say, let's keep going. Let's keep going, right? God is doing a new thing. He's doing new things continually in your life, in my life. And none of us, none of us are made whole until we're made whole together. And at times it's glorious and at times it's incredibly painful. But that's what it means to be the church, to keep showing up in each other's lives. And so that's what we do in all kinds of ordinary ways, right? We gather here on Sunday mornings. At a lot of churches, we drink bad coffee and show up. I think at this church, we drink pretty stellar coffee, right? Let's hear it for our coffee crew, huh? Justin and Anna. Man, Justin and Anna and, and Lisa, who are often back there, they do a tremendous job of just bringing us some good coffee. But we show up. We show up again on a Sunday morning, and we speak life to each other. And one of the things that I love is not only do we do that on a Sunday morning, but every now and then, and it happens more often than not, I'll show up somewhere, I'll be going into a coffee shop somewhere here in Lincoln, and I'll find a few of you sitting in a coffee shop, and you're just doing life together. And I'm like, this is beautiful. They're, they're just showing up in each other's life, speaking life to each other. Um, Friday night, my wife and I were just walking around town, and like we ran into a few people at Longwell's, and it's like, yes! There's Mosaic just out doing life together, celebrating what God's doing in people's lives. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, God's Spirit, God's Spirit will always keep showing up and doing new things until all is renewed, Mosaic, until all things are made whole. Um, this has always been happening from the very beginning. And so we've been talking about all of just the ordinary things that we interact with in life. And one of the ordinary things that we do over and over again, hopefully, is we just keep showing up in each other's lives on ordinary Sunday mornings, ordinary coffee talks, grabbing a beer with a friend, sharing a glass of wine, whatever it is. And we tend to what God's doing because God's Spirit is always showing up. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
Oftentimes in our lives, we sense that there's something there, but it's yet formless. It's empty. We know there's something there brewing. We don't know quite what it is, but there's more darkness upon it than light. But we're like, man, like something's there. I need to tend to it. I have to step into this. I got to keep moving forward. And so God's spirit just loves hovering over those places. And if we were to keep reading that beautiful Hebrew poetry, boom, God speaks, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. And there's this beautiful function and form that's brought to this creation. And what was formless and void and empty now all of a sudden is starting to burst forth with life. And there's all these changes and new things taking place. God's people in the Psalms, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's really the hymn book of the people. As God's people started to interact with who this God is, the spirit who hovers over the darkness, those formless and empty places. They came to this realization, Psalm 104, verse 30. When you, God, send your spirit, they, and this is specifically in the psalm, it's looking at creation and all of the creatures of creation. When you send your spirit, God, they, all of these creatures, all of your creatures, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. God, when your spirit shows up, renewal is going to take place. New things are going to start to take form. Things are going to look different. That's what happens when God's spirit shows up. The prophets then began to take this even further, and the prophets then of God's people began to get the sense that there's something on the horizon that this is going to go even further. And so the prophet in Isaiah chapter 43 and Up until this point, the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it's not good. It's not pretty. It's like, wow, you guys, I mean, there's a lot of formless, void, empty spaces because you guys just haven't been living into the mission that God has laid before you. But God's not done. God's not done. And so in in chapter 40, things begin to take a different spin, and it goes on for chapters And eventually God speaks through the prophet in chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Are you getting a sense already that if you're going to be on this journey of opening your life up to what the divine is doing all throughout creation around us and all in our lives, you can't get too comfortable, right? You can't settle into one place too long. You can't think that you've arrived. You can't think that, oh, good, we finally made it. There's always this sense that there's more that needs to be done. There's more ground that needs to be covered. There's more things we need to discover, There's a deeper level of trust that we're going to have to step into. And as much as we want to try to lasso this movement and control it and like shape it and have it happen in the ways that we want to have it happen, we can't. I still remember Carissa, who on Mother's Day brought such a beautiful message before us of how, you know, like a life of following God, it's the sense of like vapor, you know, like the things that are before you, it's there, but then it's gone. Um. In Jesus, then in John chapter 3, Jesus shows up and begins his work, and he's speaking with this man, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is someone who's been a part of the religious system, and things have worked pretty well for those who are a part of the religious system. But Jesus shows up and begins to speak to Nicodemus, 
And Jesus answers one of his questions in verse 5 and says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is simply this language of Jesus saying, um, there's this thing that God is doing where God is taking a people and he's reigning over them, showing them what it means to be human. How to live into a full humanity where you're responding to what God is doing in your everyday life. So very, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So Jesus speaks of this, this natural birth, right? Being born of water, being born of flesh and blood, but there's also this birth of the Spirit that takes place. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind, and the Greek word for wind is the same word for spirit. And so Jesus does this thing where he's talking about kind of simultaneously. The spirit is like the wind. The wind is like the spirit of God. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Every time we get together with a friend, old or new, and share in our journeys, we're tending to God's work, Mosaic. We're tending to the work of God's Spirit and all that he's bringing about in our lives for the sake of the world. I mean, this is good news. This is good news. Because we prefer, uh, we prefer what is safe, what is known, what is predictable. But God's Spirit is always on the move. Bill, come on up here. Um, let's give Bill a hand, everybody. Um, Bill's going to tell us a little story that ties very much into this. Yes. Um, so in terms of, like, the conversation we're having today, having those conversations with friends over coffee, uh, that's this conversation. Because for me, I know I've had some of my deepest life-shifting moments over coffee with friends. Because this series, the thing I love about it is so often we look for God on the mountaintops. But God is actually found everywhere, all the time. Uh, And so a lot of you know my story, but some of you, I see a lot of new faces in here today. You don't. So I came on staff here at Mosaic uh, because we were launching another campus. We were launching a campus at the Bay, the skate park on 20th and Y. And so we were launching there, and things didn't go as planned. Uh, It just, it seemed like very quickly it was exhausting our resources, it was exhausting our volunteers, uh, and it became something that we never intended it to become. And I remember just kind of being really frustrated, being thrown for a loop. And and through the process, I became really good friends of one of the directors at the Bay, his name is Shane Pearson. And so we had so many coffee shop conversations. And every time I would talk with Shane, uh, he would kind of bring up the same story, the same parable, uh, that what I want to read to you today. And this is, this is what it was. It's the parable of the sheep and the goats. Uh, Matthew 26, starting in verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people from another as a se- shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Uh, And the reason why that was so significant in that period of time for me was I, I felt like so much of what we were trying to do was to put on a church service. And what my friend Shane was challenging me is that actually where Jesus is found is when we serve the least of these. Like, we're all, we're so often, we're looking for God in the big mountaintop moments, but God is found when we serve those who are hurting and broken and hungry and thirsty. Uh, And it began this shift in my heart. And even we began a shift in terms of what was happening at uh, Mosaic at the Bay, where we stopped doing Sunday night services and we really developed something that we called Mosaic Community Development. We formed partnerships with Clinton Elementary School and the Bay. Uh, we had after-school clubs. We helped uh, this man named Dennis transition off of a life of living perpetually homeless and got him into an apartment. And uh, we've loved him and supported him ever since. Uh, and we've got, we got to see so many beautiful things And just that the spirit just began to move in my heart. And I was just like, this is where it's at. This is where, like, it just just got so many emotions going in me. Where this is what I began to realize. If I look at the long-term direction of my life, this is what I want to do. But I began to have this overwhelming feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And the last time I felt that way was... I was living in Scotland with my wife. I I trained to be a math teacher, and so we went to work for a church over there, and um, I loved the church. I fell madly in love with the church, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I love the church, but I don't know how to create a healthy church, Uh, because what we saw there was beautiful people, but it was an old, traditional, there was a bunch of like angry old people that didn't like that we were bringing all these youngins in. Because they would do silly things like fart in the wooden pews. And then the old people would be like, what was that? <laughs> but, uh, and so what happened was I felt like I had this passion with little knowledge. And I needed my knowledge to align with my passion. Uh, and honestly, like what I can't shake is I feel the exact same way about working with the poor, developing neighborhoods and community development I feel like I have so much passion, but my knowledge is so low. I feel like I have a heart, and, I, and I've stepped into some things that have been really cool. Uh, and so I've just, I just haven't been able to shake it. But then four months after we launched the Mosaic Community Development Strategies, that's when Aaron came to me, and he told me, hey, I'm transitioning out. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful because we're doing this thing. <laughs> Goodness sakes. So... Uh, so, you know, I was trying to balance both things, and then the directional team asked me to step into being the interim lead pastor, and I was honored to do that. I loved it. I loved that season. It was hard. It was a hard season. 
but we made it through in a really healthy way, and because of it, we got Kurt and Nicole out of the deal, which is better than Aaron and Megan, right? Jerks. But, um, and it was a beautiful season, but, you know, even since a lot of these transitions and coming here to Lincoln High, I just still haven't been able to shake that passion the passion for community development and serving under-resourced neighborhoods. I mean, it even pulled me and Nicole into buying a house a couple blocks from the bay and getting to know our neighbors and just listening to broken conversations. And then because of it, my neighbor across the street uh, got into some legal trouble and asked us to be his kids' foster parents for a season. And, like, we've been able to do these really cool things. And so I just realized to fulfill God's calling in my life, I need to dive into that head first, dive into that world to really figure out a way to allow my passion and my knowledge um, to align. And so in the midst of that, just feeling this way, uh, Nicole and I, we've just longed to live near family again. Uh, we've never lived near family. We uh, lived in Scotland for four years, LA for five, Lincoln for five, and uh, and we've always had this, this draw to live near my parents in Tampa. They live in Tampa, Florida. And so we just visited a couple weeks ago in Tampa, and we just began asking ourselves the question, is it time? You know, because with my heart and my passion for community development and always kind of feeling like our heart was drawn to Tampa, is it time? Uh, and we felt like when we visited a couple weeks ago, it was time. Uh, and so we are going to jump headfirst uh, into a move to Tampa coming up here, um, which stinks because we love you guys so much. Um, but as I've just like taken, like looked across Mosaic and the story that we've been on, I mean, what I've realized is there's no good time for this, but the time does feel right. Like Mosaic, we've been in a very vulnerable place for the last two and a half years, but we're in a very healthy place right now. We are in a very good place right now. And so for, for me to really fulfill what I feel God pulling me into, uh, it, it just means that. So I, I always kind of knew, and even staying in Lincoln was always kind of an option that we, me and Nicole considered, is maybe it just means that I beg Lizzie for a job working for City Impact. Or maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or like beg the Bay to like, can I work for you guys or whatever and just stay a part of this. Um, but honestly, it's just that little bit of selfish side of us, just wanting to live close to our family again. We're really close to my family and just uh, seeing what that's like. And, you know, being really close to my sister, my brother-in-law, my mom, my dad. And I think a big part of that is when we moved here, Manny, our son, was a year old. Um, and just as he's grown, being far from grandma and grandpa, it's just been hard. Um, so in the midst of all that happening, like, we kind of made that decision, and we thought, oh, okay, Kurt's on vacation. When he comes back, I'll, I'll, I'll ruin the end of his vacation and talk to him about it. <laughs> and uh, and um, so, he, uh, so I was like, we'll talk to Kurt, and then we'll talk to the directional team and just kind of develop a plan. So while we did that, part of even me feeling guilty about all this stuff is Nicole got her dream job when we lived in Los Angeles. She was a pregnancy counselor for an adoption agency. She got to work directly with women who wanted to place their children in adoption and just to counsel them or help them with a parenting plan. She loved her job, and I was like, no, let's move to Lincoln. 
So she moves to Lincoln. It took her two years. She got her dream job again, pregnancy counselor for Bethany Christian Services in Omaha. And then we're having this conversation again, and I'm like, you have to leave your dream job again. Uh, And she was willing. And that's my wife. She's humble. She's amazing. She's willing to take big risks. Um, So she just decided, because there's actually an office, Bethany has an office in Orlando that serves Tampa. So she reached out and she said, hey, do you guys have any job openings? And they said to her, they said, we are literally filling the pregnancy counselor job today. We're offering it to someone else. And Nicole's like, are you kidding me? We're just, we were just in Florida, right? She could have interviewed in person for it. So she was bummed, but it's like, okay, the timing's not right. Um, but then they called her the next day, and they said, that person actually turned down the job. Uh, I talked to your director. The job is yours if you want it, and, uh, which is awesome. And that to us just felt like that final confirmation, that final stamp of this is right, This is going to be hard. It's going to be sad. Uh, I think that the friendships that we've formed, like the silly thing about saying that we want to live near family is we're leaving family to be near family. Uh, And it's it's kind of the thing that we've been wrestling with a lot too. And you guys have been family to us. You guys have been amazing. And uh, we've loved our life here so much. Uh, And we're stupid for giving up a lot of that. Um, But sometimes God does that. He does something new. He's doing something new uh, in our life. He's he's allowing us to step into our next risk as a family, our next adventure. Um, And so as we just kind of go, my challenge to you is don't allow this to be something that causes you to to retreat. Don't allow this to be something that causes you to say like, oh, this is just another pastor leaving us. It's just like Aaron. Because it's not. Like, allow this to be for you the way that you engage and step in more. Uh, If you've been around Mosaic any amount of time, ever since I became interim lead pastor, my mantra was always, church is not a person or a building or a place. It's what? Say it out loud. It's people, right? Church is people. It's not just a person standing on stage. It's us. It's a people. And so my my challenge is really... um, Hear us out on August 5th. Hear what Kurt's feeling, what the directional team's feeling about our next season of life here at Mosaic. Um, And I'm not ignorant to the fact that, you know, decisions like this can be detrimental in some sense. But I'm not arrogant in the sense that I feel like this is going to cause huge, awful ripples. Because I think it's now it's our choice to say, what is God doing in us Where's his spirit moving? Where is his shaping us? And what is he doing in Mosaic? Because he's doing great things. And that's a big part of why I felt that it was okay to make this decision now is through talking with the directional team and through Kurt about what the next season of life looks like at Mosaic. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you guys. And it's, it's good, amazing, healthy, awesome things that um, I wish I could just, like, transport you guys all to Tampa so we could all live as one big happy family together. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of the conversation that I want to have, and that's obviously very difficult to have with all of you one-on-one. And I just wanted to share kind of just where God's moving in my heart, where he's moving in my life. And I'm excited for our next season, and I'm excited for Mosaics. 
you guys will be dearly missed and love you guys. Can you tell I was nervous? <laughs> I know, Bill, real quick, just tell people timeline what you're looking at right now because you didn't mention that. So yeah, so the the. The timeline is because I talked about Nicole's job. Um, so the unfortunate thing about Nicole's job is she negotiated as much as she could to push it back, but the furthest back she could push it is she actually has to start that job at the end of August. Um, so the, the hard part is she's actually going to be moving down to Florida August 17th, um, which just gives her a few more weeks here at Mosaic, which is very fast. And then, much, much faster than I wanted it to be. Um, I'm going to stick around here uh, till the end of October. I'm finishing up a lot of things with Kurt, with Mosaic, setting things in place, um, working through our fall series together, and then, uh, yeah, just getting our house ready to sell, putting our house in the market, doing all that stuff. And so that's kind of the way our timeline looks right now. So I would love to, we're going to be hosting a lot of parties at our house, and we want you guys to come hang out with us, have dinner, and because uh, it'll be hard to do a lot of one-on-one dinners over the next few weeks, because that'll be a lot, but we want to host some, some bigger dinners that you guys are all uh, welcome and invited to, and we'll be probably putting on a Facebook and stuff like that. So if we're not friends, let's, be, let's make it official, Facebook friends. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, on Wednesday morning when Bill and I got for coffee, got together for coffee like we do on Wednesday mornings. Um, we'll just steal Bill's words uh, when he kind of unpacked this for me. I just wanted to say, well, well that's not helpful. Um, <laughs> it's just not helpful. <laughs> but uh, the, I want you to know, Mosaic, this, this doesn't, it doesn't come as a surprise to either myself or the directional team. I want to say this, and hopefully I can get through this. So let me take a deep breath. There's a good chance that I wouldn't be here um, if it weren't for Bill and his leadership. But I always held Bill with an open hand um, because I knew. I knew what God was doing in his life. We talk about those things. Um, in my timeline, I didn't expect this to happen. You know, I'm like, well, you know, summer 2019 or 2020, I'd be okay with that, you know. Um, but no, God's saying you have to be okay with it now, you know. Um, and it's exciting. And I know the directional team feels the same way. It's exciting to see the work that the Spirit is doing in the Radke's lives. Uh, so let's love them. Let's encourage them. Let's be praying for them. Let's, let's hold them in our hands but with an open palm, you know, and just say, God, they're yours, and we love them, and we're going to cherish them forever to come. Um, But you're taking them where you're going to take them, and you're taking us where you're taking us. And there are some beautiful opportunities before us, Mosaic. Here's the deal. In the midst of um, the sadness that we can feel and, and, you know, saying goodbye to some people that we love dearly, Um, This is a time where we're going to have to ask ourselves the question, are we going to leave our idols of efficiency and productivity and comfort and control and certainty and impact as a church, right? Because those are really the things that, that a lot of times in American church, those are the things we talk about. 
you know, being efficient and having an impact and, and you know, making a difference. And wow, another transition. And it feels like those, those idols just can get cleared off the shelf. Because really what matters is, are we tending the work that God is doing in our midst? Are we tending the work that God's doing in, in the Radke's family's life, but now also in our lives? And so we're going to turn from all of those idols of efficiency and productivity and impact and certainty and control and comfort. And instead, we're going to say, God, we're going to trust, we're going to trust you deeper. We're going to participate with what you're doing in our midst. And we're going to anticipate that even five years from now, there's going to be some things that are present in our community here that we would have never expected, just like we talked about at the very beginning, right? A lot of us five years ago, now we're seeing things in our life, and yeah, it was a hard road throughout the last five years, but we can celebrate things that are present in our life now that weren't there five years ago. And I know the Radkeys are going to be doing that five years from now, and yes, Mosaic, we're going to be doing that five years from now. And together, we're going to celebrate it, and eventually there's a day and age coming where time and distance won't mean crap, And what a beautiful thing that will be in the age to come um, when we can celebrate at one big gigantic table where everyone who is ready to sit down with everybody else can sit down and say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. Not what we've done, but look at what God has done and how we've participated with it. And isn't it beautiful? So we're going to practice that now because every time we come to these tables, we do that in little ways. We say, God, I am ready. I am ready to say that you are God and I am not. I'm ready to say that, Jesus, you are Lord, I am not. And once again, I yield and I surrender and I trust the work that you're doing in my life, in my community's life. And so this big picture of what's happening here at Mosaic is really just a picture of a lot of small things that all of us are dealing with now. All of us are dealing with transition and changes and new things in our lives and Ooh, man, it can knock us off kilter a little bit, you know? But we, we yield, we surrender, we trust. And we say, God, you are preparing a table that's open to everyone and those who are ready to sit down with everyone else and acknowledge your grace and your goodness and our need for your rescue and salvation is welcome. And so Jesus, when he was with his disciples on that night, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it. And then at the end of that meal, he poured a cup, and he said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, which is for you. Take, drink. And then the apostle Paul said, that what I received from the Lord Jesus, I now pass on to you. So we, we keep doing this. We keep proclaiming that life is all about what Jesus has done, his life, his death, his resurrection, His making all things new. The Spirit of God blowing, and you can't control it. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going to go. But we keep tending it together. So Landon, come on up and um, lead us in our last song. And as Landon comes up, um, let me pray for us, okay? And let me pray for the Radkeys. And there will come a time when uh, we'll be able to lay some hands on them and send them out. But um, right now, we're going to continue to Rejoice at the little bit of time that we do have with them. So, God, thank you that your spirit hovers over that which is formless and empty and sometimes dark, but it's just waiting. It's anticipating for what you're going to do. So, God, any bit of, of, of formlessness, of emptiness, of kind of despair or darkness that any of us are feeling... 
God, we acknowledge that your spirit is hovering. And we trust the hovering presence of your spirit that is gentle, but yet also in some ways fierce and cannot be stopped. So we relinquish control and we trust and we anticipate all that's to come. Thank you for life, grace, forgiveness, love, mercy that is ours, that's so clearly displayed in you becoming flesh, dwelling with us, Jesus. Thank you that in Jesus you are making all things whole. And God, none of us are whole until all of us are being made whole together. So thank, thank you for this beautiful community. And we come now with open hearts, open hands, willing to receive that which you have for us. Nourishment that we can't fully rationalize, we can't fully understand, uh, but we receive it. And we love you. We love you because of the ways that you love us and walk gently with us. We pray this in your name. Amen. But as we walk out today, know this. Uh, God can use you to change the trajectory of someone's life. My friend Shane did it. I, I, I was thinking about it over there. I remember we were at the Mill Coffee Shop uh, off 48th, and uh, it was when we had this conversation. Changed the course of my life. So if you're going to blame anyone, blame him. I'll give you his phone number, right? <laughs> but just know, like, God's Spirit uses us in those everyday, ordinary moments, like having coffee with friends, dinner with friends, and all it takes is for us to have the courage and the bravery to step into a conversation And to use what God is speaking to us and speak it to our friends, to our family, right? In those ordinary, everyday moments. So my challenge to you is look for that moment this week. Look for that moment with that person, with that friend, that you can say something. You can be inspired by the Holy Spirit to say something that they need to hear that could potentially change the trajectory of their life. Love you, Mosaic. Have a great Sunday.